Hello, and welcome to Bridging the Gap, education through stories of adoption. My name is Ryan Anderson, and I have the honor of being the host of this podcast. Our mission is to educate people through stories of adoption. I often have conversations about adoption with people and hear them say something like, I just don't know enough about it. Through this avenue, we hope to educate each other with both stories of adoption and interviews with some educated friends on the matter. We love adoption, we love the orphan, and we hope to extend the same passion to you. A few quick announcements before we begin. First, we want to thank XN Radio for graciously allowing us to be a part of their team. Specifically, thank you to Solomon Tartaglia and his team for helping to dream up this podcast and work through each of the details. Second, if you have a story of adoption, have worked with any agencies regarding adoption, foster care, or the orphan crisis, or you know someone with a story, we want to hear from you. Please email us at sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. That's sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon. And now, for the good stuff, to introduce our guest for today's podcast. Please join me in welcoming to the show my new friends, as of about an hour ago, Mark and Stacy Lucky with Every Child Ministries. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks, Ryan. Good to be here. Yeah, it's really. Um, I, I just some backstories for our listeners. I just met Mark and Stacy about uh, I don't know a half an hour ago or an hour ago. <laughs> uh, they're actually on campus at Moody this week um, with their ministry, Every Child Ministries, for our min- annual missions conference, and uh, we were doing a breakout uh, for children and family ministry. And, and Mark was actually sitting on the panel and mentioned uh, in his. Um, conversation that he had adopted two kids from Uganda and my ears automatically perked up and I said Mark and Stacy I gotta have you on the show so (laughs) without further ado let's go ahead and jump in Um, if you guys wouldn't mind just go ahead and share your story with us well I'll give a little background to the story and then I'll uh, I'll let Stacy chime in with the adoption how we kind of moved into that aspect of our lives that period because we had been um, uh, on the mission field at that point, um, for about five or six years, and um, we had four kids, four biological kids, and we had gone to Africa when they were between the ages of about three or four and nine, and uh, all was going along well, and we thought we had a pretty good plan mm-hmm. for uh, how our life was going to be, and uh, when we would be empty nesters, <laughs> and, um, but God clearly had something different. Uh, so we were living in Kampala, Uganda at the time. Uh, this would have been about... Um, 18 years ago. Yeah, right. Wow. About, I think, I feel like it was late 2000 or into 2000, just into 2001. Yeah, it was way before the adoption laws were so challenging like they are today. Yeah. Right, a little bit easier back then. Uh, in fact, um, we were not looking to adopt. Um, that was not on our radar. Um, we, at the time, we had had four kids in five years and everybody could buckle their seatbelt and tie their shoes and we were <laughs> life we was were, good life was good you were getting past the terrible too absolutely yeah. you were loving it the problem we had was that our oldest daughter she didn't see things that way mm. she decided she was going to start praying that we would adopt oh. so she prayed and uh, for prayed for three years she prayed for three years and mm-hmm. i i told her i said listen you can pray but under my breath, I said, oh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I told her she could be the one to adopt, not yeah. us. <laughs> All the while, nobody is daring to talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're keeping that between the two of them. Oh. Um, but then uh, Stacy and, and her, our daughter, 
uh, who also attended Moody, actually, mm. uh, years later, um, were volunteering at an orphanage and so on. And, and I'll let Stacy pick it up from there. But the bottom line is um, we were not looking to adopt. It was not on our radar, not something we had talked about. Um, just it wasn't something we felt God was calling us to do at that point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, since then, he has you know, changed our hearts mm-hmm. 180 degrees on that. But at that point, that's where we were. Um, so they would go and, adopt, or, uh, and um, volunteer at an orphanage and hold babies and, and that kind of thing. So that's when the fun began. Yeah, I'll, I'll just chime in real quick on that. I, that's a very uh, s- similar experience, you know, that uh, not in terms of like Uganda and all those details, but in terms of like this was nowhere near on our radar, <laughs> yeah. and now we're five kids down the road and, mm-hmm. and don't know when we're going to stop. Or we say we're done, and the next year we're adopting two more. You know, like it's almost never on the radar. And then somehow, like, you know, your daughter prays for three years, and you know, God does some crazy things in adoption. So, well, and, and that's the beauty of being willing, I guess, to be in in God's will. And yeah. um, we don't really know where that's going to take us, uh, and it may not be something we planned on or wanted even. But when you're open to His leading and His will, then then some pretty cool things can, can happen along the way. Yeah, and that's, that's where we were at. Yeah, so our oldest daughter, Amber, and I were volunteering at the orphanage, as Mark had said. And our, we had a favorite baby there, and our favorite baby became very sick. Mm. And um, she was basically left outside to die. And um, I had gone to the orphanage actually without Amber but with a friend that day and I just looked at our little favorite baby and I just felt like God was doing something in our lives and um, I I actually broke down and started crying I just said to my friend what what are we supposed to do here I feel like God is moving I don't know what's happening and um, I was a little bit afraid to um, my friend had said, you know, you, you need to take this baby home and take her to the doctor. Mm. And um, I said, oh, I don't know what Mark will say. I, I just, I, I don't know what to do. And so we actually left the baby there. And on the way home, I said, Lord, if you want me to take that baby home and get medical care for that baby, not necessarily adopt, but um, I said, please have Mark ask me how my time went at the orphanage, mm. and then I'll share that need with him. I just so wanted it to be yeah. God's will and not my will. So I got home, and Mark was up in the attic working on something, and he didn't come down for a while. And I said, okay, Lord, you're in, you're in charge, you're in control. And um, a little while later, Mark went down, came down and said, so how did it go? <laughs> and I just said, oh. You know. <laughs> and the tears started yeah, flowing. Yeah. Huh? So um, I told him, and um, of course, like he said, we had no plans of adopting. So he said, okay, you can take that baby home for one night. <laughs> so Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it just, uh, we, took the, we took her to the hospital there in Kampala. Um, they told us she wasn't going to make it through the night. Mm. So they, um, they didn't even start an IV. They really took her to be just another orphan that was going to be, going to die. 
And um, a friend and I, we spent the night in the clinic with her. We prayed over her. We gave her little syringes of water every 15 minutes all night long. And the doctor came back to the clinic, and he couldn't believe that she was still alive. And he said, what did you do? And I said, we prayed. We <laughs> prayed over her. And um, he brought his colleagues in and said, oh, you guys have to see what these women, their prayers did for this mm -hmm. child. So she made it through the night and um, brought her home. And <laughs> Mark? <laughs> what happened? So, <laughs> so I was not necessarily on board. I would like to to take the real spiritual road here and say that you know I realized right away that this was God's will and what he was doing. Yeah. So no, I, that's not where I was mm -hmm. um, because I had my future planned out. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it didn't include two more kids. And uh, so at that point... At, at, well, at that point, the doctor said, um, if you bring her back to the orphanage, she will not make it. Ugh. She needs this treatment and that treatment, and um, she's not going to make it. So came home and told Mark that. And right. So, so I struggled, um, prayed a lot, um, very grateful to have a wife who didn't she didn't nag about it. She didn't push it. Um, she didn't demand it. Yeah. I, I actually... She uh, just prayed. I, did, I prayed and I fasted for two weeks because I, I asked Mark, you know, would you pray for two weeks and see what God has? Yeah. And um, I, I had to hold out this sick baby and say, God, okay, if I have to bring her back to the orphanage in obedience to my husband, um, you can take better care of her than I can. Yeah, and what a I tension. Really I just think of like the tension in your mind yeah. in that moment. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, if my husband says no, what am I going to yeah. think of this man? And at this point, I'm already falling in love with her. Yeah. So and I'm my, tension is I, my tension is I'm thinking, what if I say yes? Because yeah. <laughs> it's going to completely turn yeah. our lives upside down. Right. It's just going to change the trajectory of our, of our lives. Well, of course, you know the end of the story already, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, after that prayer... I just, God really made it clear to me that it was our responsibility to help this child. That he had, he had brought her to us for a reason. Um, he didn't bring her to somebody else. He didn't let her die. Uh, he brought her to us. Amen. And he, and he said, here, I want you to help do what you can and be, provide the love that's needed for this child. And I think that's something, too, that um, you have to hold on to that, that you know that God brought this child to you, because there are times that are tough. And when you look back and say, I know that I know that this was something of God's leading, not yeah. my own, it's very affirming, and you can go back to that. Yeah, I want to just touch on something that, that uh, Mark had mentioned uh, about this idea of the fear of turning our lives upside down. Uh, certainly, many looking to adopt parents operate with this fear, more so often, I think, than the financial ramifications that come along with it or, you know, how they will interact with their other, you know, our biological kids. I think one of the greatest, you know, fears is, oh, my gosh, my life is going to be turned upside down. And I don't want that. And certainly, um, 
you know, that has to be a, a very Western mindset to be sure. You it, know, like a comfort thing. Like, oh, my gosh, like I, I'll be an empty nester soon. And it's not an indictment on either of you because most people think like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and most and, and the majority of even Christians live like that. You know, they're working so, so hard for, you know, 30 to 40 years just to raise kids and, you know, working vocationally as well just so they can get that last 20 glory years, you know. And adoption is a different answer to that. It says, like, especially when you get into special needs adoptions, for sure. It's like says, nope, sorry, your life isn't what it's, you know, what you want it to look like. That's right. And I think, but I do think it's a fairly healthy process to go through. Certainly, yeah. Um, I think if you go, if you don't go through that process, I I think it's rather naive. And it's also not healthy in the sense that, you know, you're going, it's going to change things. Even in the best case scenario, um, you're likely to have... uh, adoption issues mm-hmm. along the way and we certainly um, have worked through that and continue to work through adoption issues or issues that are a result of yeah. the simple process of adoption to say nothing of issues that are, are a result of the years spent or the time spent in an orphanage or malnourishment or other traumatic events that could be part of the the child's past. There's a whole other podcast for you there on how, you know, on the trauma trauma and the other issues that adoptive kids face, which is very real. But it is a process that I went through. So I think by going through that, once we went into the adoption, we we just knew right then, okay, Lord, this is, you, you wanted to turn our lives upside down. Yeah. And that's fine. We're okay with that. Yeah. I'm not sure every day I could say that. <laughs> yeah. But I think right. in general, and I'm we, sure, we I'm, can say that. I'm sure it took a, a long time to get there. You know? It did. It As did. it should have, right? It, it's, it's it took yeah. a very long yeah, time. I, I often say my younger self, in looking that all that we've been through, maybe would have said no to yeah. some of this. But my older self says, yes, it was yeah. worth it. The mm. hardship and the growth and the understanding and the wisdom that you gain and how you're able to help others. And um, even my walk with the Lord is closer. So my older self would say, yes, do it. It is so worth it. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, yeah you answered even one of the questions I, w- I would ask a bit later. But, you know, I often ask as the, one of the last questions, like, is it worth it? Because sometimes there's people on this podcast that go through very traumatic experiences of adoption. And... Even then, the answer still is yes. It was worth it. Um, but I also want to touch on something that you said, uh, Stacy, when um, you were talking about how you and your do- oldest daughter were volunteering uh, at this orphanage in, uh, was it in Kampala as mm-hmm. well? Yes. Yeah, so you were uh, or, you know, volunteering at this, this orphanage, um, and maybe we can get into like the actual conditions of this orphanage later, but um, you mentioned that, you know, you were, it was such a different feeling, you know, when you're holding this baby. It's like a different thing. And one right, David Platt has a lot to say about adoption, and he says uh, a quote, my favorite quote on adoption probably. He says, orphans are easy to forget if you don't see their faces. They're easier to ignore if you don't know their names. And they're easier to overlook if you don't hold them in your arms. Mm. And I, I think you would agree with me there. Uh, not me. I think you would agree with David Platt there that, you know, maybe they weren't necessarily forgotten, previously but they certainly weren't 
you know, you weren't looking for adoption. And then when you started to hold those babies in your arms and realize, oh my gosh, like this is a life or death sort of thing. And that's not just, you know, in African uh, orphanages. That's in orphanages all across the world where, you know, some family doesn't step in and say, hey, I'm willing to fill the gap, bridge the gap for this young kid or this teenager. Like the ramifications are huge either way. I mean, the, these are real babies, yeah. and real children, just as if you look at your own baby and your own children. You know, these are, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're not statistics. They're, right. they're real, real yeah. people. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't think we help our, our case by saying, oh, there's 170 million orphan, uh, orphans around the world, because then it becomes a statistic. Right. You know, certainly it's healthy to consider that and, you know, healthy to understand that that is a real crisis of mass proportion uh, but you start saying that and people you know certainly people in the west think of um, you know those mass crises I don't, I don't know how to say the plural form of crisis but uh, we look at those and they become statistics really fast like oh one in I think it's one in, like one in seven kids dies of hunger or something like that and we just think of that and then it doesn't really resonate with us like what the real tragedy that is when we start to hold those babies in our arms and we start to see the, you know, the serious trauma that comes with being an orphan in most places, then the, you know, I would argue that the, the initiative to adopt begins to form, certainly, because you're, you're seeing what these kids don't have and what they could have, you know, a chance at, you know, in the Christian context, certainly a, a chance at, you know, a better physical life but more than any of that, a chance to meet Jesus in this Christian family. Right, yeah, it's eternal work, right? There. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. You know, adoption is such an eternal work, and, you know, I, I often, you know, it's, it's um, well known that it's just a picture of our, our place as well. Mm. You know, we were lost and without hope, um, and Christ said, I'm adopting you. Right. Praise God for that. Yes. You know, and Amen. That, yeah. You know, and so... Yeah, so what, uh, maybe what were some of the more challenges of the story, if you'd be willing to share? You know, so you've adopted two kids from Uganda, you have four biological kids previous to that. Um, you were missionaries over in Kampala, Uganda. What were some of the challenges that came along with that? You know, the adoption process was a challenge. Um, as we said, this was 18 years ago. And, um, on the one hand, it was fairly easy to adopt compared to mm-hmm. what, you know, if, if we wanted to adopt from Uganda today, it would look entirely different. Oh, certainly. Um, back then, though, you had, to, you had to live in the country for three years, which wasn't a problem for us because we'd already been living there. Um, but but there, is, there was no, at that point, no infrastructure of real infrastructure of social work or anything like that that could really help us much in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was technically a social worker, but that social worker had no resources to, you know, didn't have a, a vehicle to get anywhere. And so Stacy, so that you, you talk about challenges, Stacy had to go everywhere in order to get things done. So yeah. she's the one who had to drive. That, that's when I learned to drive in Kampala, <laughs> a crazy well, city, <laughs> for sure the that was love of my children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that was the only way it could get done, is if she, she did that. Um, but, the, but the adoption side of it wasn't really very challenging. In fact, they would have given us five more kids at that point if we would have said yes. 
you know, they were just, yeah. okay, here, take all these kids. Um, because the process was easy. We filled out some paperwork and so on. But since then, they've, and this is good a good thing, they've uh, gotten a bit more stringent with how they do that. And um, because there was a lot of trafficking and uh, other very bad things that were happening with kids. And so they developed laws that would guide, give guidance for that. So we're not as up on the current process. Although in Uganda, what we do know is that you have to still have residents in Uganda for one year. And we have known people to adopt in Uganda who have literally gone there and lived there. For a year. For a year in order to adopt. So that's uh, that's pretty extreme, but that's what they've done. Uh, otherwise, they couldn't adopt from yeah. Uganda. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's so many other countries. But you have to. it's hard to keep up with because countries close their adoptions and they open them and you, you know you have to almost have an agency that can guide you in that unless you have personal connections like we did with the actual system yeah so our, our challenges in our adoption story I, I don't think we we thought you know hey we've raised four biological kids <laughs> we're you know we've kind of got this parenting thing down and um, they're turning out okay. <laughs> and I, I really honestly thought, well, you know, I guess all you need is love, you know? And um, so our challenges kind of started when our oldest hit adolescence. And um, we just started seeing some, um, we didn't know it at the time, but um, some mental illness coming out, some depression, anxiety, um, things like that, and um, I think what we learned is that parenting these kiddos with, um, with trauma and um, that had lost their biological mother, both of our children were found abandoned on the side of the road, yeah. so we have no family history, and we learned a lot about parenting them in a, in a different way than we parented our first biological kids and we've we've learned a lot about connection and connected parenting and um, knowing that some of this behavior obviously comes from a deeper need it's not yeah. necessarily the behavior but it's it's what's behind that behavior and seeking to comfort and calm that and connecting with the child so the child feels loved and heard and understood and um, yeah, it's been it's been a challenge, but um, yeah, we're we're still in it, but um, we're navigating our way. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been hard, but but many good things as well. Yeah, and I think we often forget uh, how much. Uh, even as that baby is born, even if that baby is um, in an orphanage for only six months and adopted after six months, uh, how much that affects them the rest of their life. Yeah, we didn't really know anything about pre-verbal trauma, yeah. just trauma in the womb, yeah. and even the, even the trauma of losing their bio mom. 
they are used to that voice and the surroundings, and that is a huge loss. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's a loss to be mourned and to be worked through, and um, yeah, it can be challenging. And, and the other thing we learned is with trauma, it affects different people differently. Mm -hmm. Even the same situation, people can respond in different ways. So. Yeah, that's that's great. I was I was doing some research as we were talking on Kampala. Am I saying that right? Yes. Great. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, in general, look, the population of Kampala right now is, uh, and I don't like getting statistics too much, but it's worth sharing, is at 1.68 million people. The total amount of orphans documented in the entire country of Uganda is a larger population than the city of Kampala. There's 1.7 million orphans in the entire country of Uganda. Yeah, and that's that sounds about right. It's a it's always a little difficult for us to understand those kind of statistics, um, and and even the term orphan. Yeah, it's very ambiguous. Um, it's very sure. ambiguous. Uh, you have a lot of those orphans are orphaned by one parent. Right. Yep. Um, and the truth is that most of those kids are being taken care of by family members. So okay. they've been orphaned, but they're not out on the street. Yeah, and they're not, not necessarily up for adoption either. And they're absolutely not up for adoption. Yeah. Um, the, the number of kids up for adoption is quite small, actually. Yeah, com compared to the 170 million. One, that, you know, that number, as you said, includes if you just lost one parent. Right. If you lower that down to the kids actually up for adoption that aren't being cared for, uh, extremely lower. I don't know the number. but Right, and in African culture... Um, it's very family-oriented, and it's very normal for a family to take in the children, let's say the, the children of my brother, my nieces and nephews, uh, when he dies. Mm -hmm. And maybe both parents die. I'll take in the kids. That's very normal. Um, it doesn't mean that they're cared for properly, but they are taken in to those family settings. Um, so sometimes we get the, the misconception that all these kids are running around. Yeah, with and, and no you, food or... Right, but if you go there, you'll look around and say, where are all the orphans? Mm -hmm. you know, I thought there was 1.7 million orphans here. Where, where are they? Well, they're, they're in homes with family members being cared for mm. is generally what happens. Now, you do, have, you do have orphans who are in homes, children's homes, orphanages, but that the number of homes and children's homes, orphanages is reducing. In many countries, they're going away from that model. Uh, they don't. They want kids to be cared for in homes, yeah. not in children's homes, not in orphanages. And so um, it's actually become more difficult to start and even operate yeah. orphanages in many countries, which I think personally is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think I'd uh, agree. Our number with ECM, our number one goal is to keep kids. In families, God. so whether it's whether it's with a single mom, or sometimes a single dad, um, or or with an uncle or an aunt, that's to us better than putting them in an orphanage. Um, yeah. And so that's what we focus on: trying to keep kids in families, and that's generally what. And I can't speak for all countries, obviously, but in the countries where we work, that's generally the push, even by the government. Mm -hmm. They want to see kids in family homes, not in orphanages. Yeah, right. And that's a, as you mentioned, that's definitely a growing trend. 
um, especially in what we would classify as third world countries. Uh, the governments are um, being very, I don't know if stingy is the right word, but uh, putting lots of rules and regulations on adoption because they don't, first off, they don't want their kids to be Americanized. They don't want you know Americans to just come in and build an orphanage and then raise Americans in Kampala because that just is not going to work culturally in the long term right. at all for any country outside of America. Um, and so there, you're seeing that a lot more where countries will say, you know, like, we're going to make this really, really hard on you. I had a friend who it took them six years to adopt uh, a little girl from Haiti. Um, and even then, it was like up until the last minute, it was so uncertain whether or not she was going to get this little girl. Um, and, and praise God, she got her. But, uh, you know, you'll, I think we'll continue to see that. And I think it's a great, I, I think it's a great trend. It is, and it's for one, it's biblical. Oh yeah, you know God desires to to set children in families, to put children in families. Yeah. Um, and the other reason that uh, governments do that is because of trafficking. Oh yeah. There's just an awful lot of kids who would be, you know, so-called adopted, yeah. but what they were really being was trafficked. And uh, obviously, nobody wants that. Nobody in Christian circles wants that. Uh, but governments don't want that for their kids either. Right. Yeah, and thankfully that they are. I'm thankful that, as we all should be, that they're realizing that mm-hmm. sort of loophole in the system where people right. can say, oh, I want a kid, but not for the not for a good reason. Um, there's so much more we can talk about. I'm really enjoying this conversation, but we are at 30 minutes. But I want to ask, uh, I told you it would fly by. It's flying by <laughs> for sure. Um I just want to ask a a question to end our time together. Um, If someone was was thinking about adoption today or not even thinking about it, um, what would you tell them? Why is adoption worth it? You know, why should they adopt or why shouldn't they? If you want to be honest. (laughs) But um, yeah, just go ahead and jump into that. I I would say if someone wanted to adopt, to uh, make sure that you talk to a lot of people who have yeah. adopted and I think gaining information there's a lot of good books out there I know um, Karen, there's a book out by Karen Purvis called I think it's called The Connected Child that's a really good book um, and just talking to people who've had great experiences talking to people who have struggled yeah. and just trying to get the real picture and prayer and um, just making sure that this is God is leading this and um, when you know that you know you can move forward certainly it's critical that you know in the process of adoption to have a network of people that you know yeah even for those of us who have adopted you know we have a lot of misunderstandings with friendships and maybe even churches and family yeah. members and to have your group of people who can support you and understand you and uh, I, I think that's really crucial yeah certainly you, you don't I think it's important for people not to it, it should never be an emotional decision mm-hmm. to adopt if you if you if you want if you feel compelled to help kids, then sponsor a child or, (laughs) you know, contact ECM and you can sponsor a child, right? Yeah. Um, But if you want to adopt, make sure that you have not, that you've prayed about it. It should be, it should be something that you've really worked through and you're sure that this is what, you know, God wants. 
that you understand the the ramifications of it um, because you're taking on a huge responsibility. It's not just it's not the same as having your own kids uh, biologically. Uh, adoptive kids have yeah have specific um, needs, and if you're not prepared to meet those needs, uh, it's going to be even more difficult. Yep. So, but but that's the, the flip side of that is there's ways to there's books to read, there's mm-hmm. people to talk to, there's ways to be trained. You can figure it out, and you can know if you've done all that, um, and you know that, and you still feel called to adopt, then move forward. And, and if you're married, you you real you both have to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. And <laughs> you know, it took me a while, but I finally got there. Right. Yeah. And then we adopted another after that. So, <laughs> yeah, praise God. Well, thanks for your time today. Before we go, I just want to give a quick plug to uh, Every Child Ministries. It's the organization that uh, Mark and Stacy are here with. I'm just going to read right off their website, if that's all right. Unless you just want to tell us, Mark. But I could just read here, and you could stop me. If Depends I on what to. you're going to read. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're just going to go for it. Uh, so it looks like ECN has been around since 1985, and they've uh, work tirelessly to bring hope, practical help, and dignity to African children and their families in the name of Jesus. A holistic ministry seeking to meet the spiritual and physical needs of the vulnerable, broken, and outcast. Uh, we bring hope for today by meeting physical needs, hope for tomorrow by providing opportunities for education, and hope for eternity by promoting spiritual growth. It's our deep desire to impact the lives of children in Africa with the life-changing message of the gospel. We consider it a great privilege to partner with you in this incredible journey of faith and service. There's a lot more that can be said, certainly. Uh, Mark and, and Stacy, I'm sure, could give us a lot more. But I think what sticks out here to me um, is the holistic approach to ministry. Uh, the goal is not to remove these kids from where they're at. The goal is to make them better where they are. Uh, and praise God for that, because there's a lot of organizations who do not do that. And, and their goal is, let's get these kids out of here. Let's rescue to them is let's put them in a you know a family in america which certainly could be a form of rescue and that's not inherently bad but rescue could also look like let's empower this culture let's educate these people let's give them true dignity uh, and let's show them the life-changing message of the gospel so praise god thanks for what you do absolutely our mission is to bring hope yeah praise god and and i'm i'm sure you do that um and i hope to you know maybe stop by kampala one day and and check out the work of Every Child Ministries. Um, so that's all we have time for today. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank um, you so much. Thanks, yeah. Ryan. No worries. Good yeah. to be here. So as I mentioned at the beginning of our show, we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a story that you would like to share, please email us at sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. Again, that's sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. And further, uh, if you have any questions about adoption that you would like addressed on the show, um, or just addressed personally from me or from someone who knows a lot more than me, uh, we would love to attempt to answer those. Thanks for listening.